G'day everyone, this episode of the Talk Hard Podcast is brought to you by Trailer Skips Tasmania and Full Bore Skip Bins. If you're doing a bit of work around the house and you've got large amounts of waste items from household waste, green waste, building or renovation waste or heavy waste items and your piles are becoming bigger than Ben-Hur, give Dern a call to organise your trailer skip or full bore skip bin today. Trailer skips use a unique design incorporating a skip bin built into a trailer for easy removal and tipping. Or if it's a normal skip bin you need, a full bore skip bin will be the one for you. You don't even have to pick it up or dump it yourself. Dern will deliver it for you and he'll take it away and dump it. How good's that? Give him a call today on 0409 801 635. Trailer skips and full bore skip bins. Don't go the half job, go the full bore. G'day guys, on today's episode, the painted man himself, Clint Dinger Viney. A lot of people know Dinger from his sports achievements and the amount of tattoos that he has on his body, but during our chat today, we dig a little bit deeper than that and we talk about his struggles with drugs, alcohol and mental health, which at one point resulted in a near-death experience. We talk about turning his life around and his mindset and the importance of his friends, family and kids' support through that process. It's a fascinating chat, which I'm sure you're going to love. Let's get stuck in. Clint Viney, welcome. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on board. My pleasure, mate. Um, like I said, you know, we'll get into um, we'll get into your, your sporting achievements and things like that late, later on. But um, you know, there's a few things that um, that you want to talk about, and, and we will get to them. the The way that we generally sort of like to start is to start at the start because that's usually the best place to start. Yeah, no worries. Yep. So, where did you grow up for a start? I uh, grew up was uh, born at the old Devonport Hospital. Yep, nineteen eighty four, which is yeah. now rubble. Yeah, which is now <laughs> getting made into a lot of houses. Yeah, I guess. yep, finally. And uh, yeah, grew up in Sheffield till I was nine years old. Yep, lived in High Street, ninety three High Street, Sheffield, and ten uh, nine years old. And Dad decided to pack up because Mum was pretty sick, so she went into a nursing home, and Dad decided to start fresh, and we moved to Shearwater. Yep, excellent. So pretty much grew up in Shearwater till I was. About 20. And how long did you live out there for? Like how many yeah, years? Yeah, 10 years. 10 years. years. So you were nine when you went out there. Yeah, you grew yep. up in a good area out there. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's a good spot, isn't it? Had a good, yeah, had a good upbringing out there. It was pretty awesome. Yep. So going back, like we know each other sort of mainly through Latrobe, and I sort of know you a lot through your, through your older brother Cameron. So did you guys moved into Latrobe at one stage as well, did you? Yeah, well, after Shearwater, Dad and uh, my deceased stepmom, Roz, they decided to buy a house in Latrobe. So we moved to the Trobe and Cameron was at that age where he wanted to get his own place and then he got his own pad in Laura Street near the Laura Street shop there and yep. was asked if I wanted to move in with him and yep. so I thought, yeah, you know what, I was 19 so I thought, yeah, I'm going to move out and you know get independent and start having a crack at living. Yep. I thought I probably actually went to that place at some stage as well. Like I said, we used to knock around a bit. How's he going these days, Cameron? Yeah, no, he's good. He's uh, just welcomed his uh, second daughter into the world, yep. little Iris. So yep. She's probably a couple of weeks old now, so yeah, booked a trip up there in July to go meet her and seem to have a little niece friendly, so excellent. looking forward to that. I haven't been up since uh, December 2019 because of this COVID, yep. so slowed a few time, people so down. Looking forward to getting up for a visit, and he's coaching awesome. the Marukra Roosters up there. Is he? Is he still having a kick or not? Uh, I think he runs hobbles around in the twos. Does he? Yeah. He used to hobble anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so he's floating around up there, but he's doing a pretty good job with the club. Awesome. Shout out to Cameron, he'll be listening to this, or he will once he knows that he gets a bit of a mention on here, that's for sure. Oh, he's a busy bloke. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to ask you, though, is he still tight as a fish as ass? Yeah, he always says he's never got any money. <laughs> but he probably earns double the way in a year, mate, but that's just how he's always been. I haven't seen him for years, but a couple of things that, that stand out, like a couple of things I remember from, from growing up with him is he was always a good taxi dodger. I remember we used to all, he used to knock around with us over in Latrobe and we'd get a taxi over to King Street in Devonport and he'd be the first bloke out of the taxi before the oh, bill actually sure. came. He was yeah. gone. He was into billies like a shot. Yeah. No. <laughs> he left all of us to carry the can after that. Um, and another one that I, I was only thinking of the other day is um, we used to, obviously when we'd go and buy a few beers, um, he had this idea in his head at one stage that it was cheaper to buy four six-packs than it was to buy a carton of beer. Has he yeah. ever tried to put that one on you? Nah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. You pay, you pay a fortune now, wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't know whether they were on special or what, but yeah, he was um, he was well and truly going down that path. But um, you couldn't argue with him. That's what he ended up doing, so... Yeah. yeah, that's typical Cameron style, <laughs> down to a T. Yeah. So, yeah, so from um, from Shearwater, you moved into La Trobe. So where did you go from there, mate? Uh, La Trobe there, yeah. So we had a couple of good years of football there at La Trobe there and got an opportunity, a couple of guys there, and um, 
got offered to move over to Milson in South Australia. Yep. On the South Australian border there. That's so, right, yep. So, you know, 20 years old. Bit of coin? Yeah, bit of coin, free rent, you know, and I was very pig-headed back then, you know, I thought I knew, I thought I knew it all. Yep. Dad was like, you know, I was, I, you know, I buggered up my Tasmanian cricket contract and Dad's like, you know, I sort of, you know, had a good opportunity to play professional cricket and alcohol played a big part and I will swear fucking that up. Like, yep. it did, it massively fucked everything for me. Yep. But that was my undoing. I did it myself. No one forced me to go drinking. I, yep. I partied. Instead of being in Hobart on a Sunday cricket training, it's on the piss. So that's one thing I didn't know about you. Like, I knew that you were a good cricketer, but I didn't know that you had a cricket Tasmania contract. Way better, yeah, cricketer than I was footballer. Yep. Yeah, I'd nearly got a state contract. I was in the second 11. I had TIA scholarship, sponsors with the bats and all that stuff. And, you know, yep. the world was my oyster. I was 19 years old. It was, you know, and then I just, yeah. You wanted to live the life. Live the it. lifestyle, going yeah. out on the piss. You know, even when we were away, second 11, I was drinking with Scott Muller and, you know, all the Tassie older boys and that out, you know, and it wasn't the right thing to be doing and I sort of done that, but you can't live in regret and I don't live in regret, but, you know, it's one thing if I could change and go back is I should have went and knuckled down with that, but when you're 20, you're, you're friggin' um, bulletproof and you think you know everything, yep. so got on the van and in my van on the boat and headed off to South Australia. Yep. And then what was it like over there? What was the standard of footy uh, like? The standard of the footy was really good. You know, the first six rounds we were really competitive, we were fit, Tassie boys up and about, but... Then all of a sudden, a bit of substance abuse kicked in, and yep. it did. Yep. And it's so you say substance abuse. What are we talking? Are we talking alcohol or something uh, sort of a little bit heavier? Ecstasy. Or? Yep. Mainly ecstasy. Yep. Yeah, pingers, as they call them over there. Yep. And then it just became my lifestyle. Yep. For two years. Was that a common thing through the footy side, or was it no, just you? No. Like it was more the guys we met up in on Mount Gambier and that sort of things. Okay. And the party scene, and that's all of a sudden. That's all I became. Yep. Dad didn't know. He's back home. He had no idea. Yep. Does he know now? Oh, yeah. He, yep. came, he Dad came over and picked me up yep. when I nearly died. So okay. that was pretty pretty hard pill to swallow for your dad to say I'm booking a flight and you're coming home and I'm driving your shit back. Yep. So that was pretty... It's probably one of my lowest points in my life. So you say you nearly died. Was that drug-induced or was yeah, it an accident? Or? Just say a three- to four-day bend and no sleep and lots of stuff and... Yep. I knew I was having a shoulder reconstruction. I can tell the story if you want. It's, yeah. um, it's your show, mate. I knew um, I knew I had... My shoulder was jacked up, jacked it up on my dirt bike. It didn't set back properly, so I knew I had to get it fixed. And I thought, well, I'll probably just go back to Tassie for four or five weeks. When I have my reconstruction, then I'll come back. Store me van at my mate's house. Or me, I had a wagon then. And I thought, oh, just in case if I don't come back. I was going in on the Wednesday for my operation on the Thursday. I thought... I am just going to party hard Yep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Because if I don't get to come back to this place, I'm going to really just leave no stone unturned. So mm-hmm. we had a... Go well, over the bang. Yeah, well, we had yep. a you know, pretty late one on the Thursday night and smoking bongs. Never, ever, really ever smoked marijuana. And all of a sudden, I'm here, I'm smoking bongs, mm-hmm. drinking. Oh, and I was like four in the morning. Had to go to work. Went to work at 6.30. Had an hour and a half sleep. Got home from work. Went all day, I was 21. Yep. Then, bang, we're back on the bongs, drinking all night, partying, you know. Sun's coming up, haven't slept. Oh, well, there's no point going to bed now because I'm going to Mount Gambia. Last hurrah up the mount, 50 k's away. I'm like, I'm going to Mount Gambia. Yep. No point going to bed now. Yep. Dropped a pinger. Fucking, she's on. Yep. You know, days and it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mates are like, coming up. Yep, on my way. Yep. Drove my car, 50 k's. Yep. You know, stupid. Off your head. Yep. yep. Just drove up. But I used to do all the time over there. Yep ridiculous drove up I think we are uh, and I got given these pills I called a Volkswagen they had the V double I got them mm-hmm. and the friend that gave them to me said do not have a whole one because you won't sleep for a week yep. they were that good because this is back then they were real the stuff was good and my mates got there and I had a, a letter of Bacardi he had a letter of Bacardi and they wanted we had three letters of Bacardi and they said uh, at about 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock it was in the middle let's split this pill three ways righto so we were bang 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 split this pill I won't mention the guys that were there yep but um, two of my Gambia mates, pretty good footballers too, both yep. of them. But, you know, just partied harder. Yep. And then we drank three litres between us of Bacardi. Then all of a sudden rang a mate. He bought more pills around, another three bottles of Bacardi. So that's six litres of Bacardi between three blokes. Yep. And we knocked that off and probably another four pills each before we'd even gone out. Yep. So we got out at night. That's the only night 
in my life that I blacked out. Okay. For how long, do you know? I remember three things from the whole night. Yeah. So you were like still physically up and about, yep, but you just but don't remember? Nope. Yep. I remember doing the... I just got my elbow tattooed, first ever arm tattooed, my elbow all done yep. the day before or two days before. And I did the worm. Tried to do that. <laughs> Apparently tried to... And I split my tattoo. I was known to pull that myself from time yeah. to time. You split, do more injuries doing that than split anything. Split my tattoo open. Oh, God. And I asked a girl if I could kiss her in that pub and she told me to F off, you drug-fucked wanker. Mm. So I must have had eyes rolling, tongue going everywhere. Yep. So, and then uh, we are just walking around nightclub we mate, and then that was it. And then we ended up back at my mate's house, six thirty in the morning. All of a sudden, the people doing bongs, doing pills, and sun was coming up. Like, yep, hadn't slept. You know, it's four days in, and he had a surfboard coffee table, and I was like, "Fucking Maui, Maui!" So I jumped on the end of it to go from Maui, Maui, wahoo, wahoo. Yeah, and I landed on the back of the board instead of centric on the middle where I should have. Yep. It's not going to end well. And just poo-shooted the board. Yep. Up and brand new set of, key, and a set of keys, brand new house. Yep. And I was into the ceiling, I was just hanging out, and I'm just there laughing. At it. <laughs> oh, no. And I'd smashed my video camera up. Yep. Once that off my head, I'd just stomped it. And I had two years of footage of the countryside that I'd taken. So I'd lost everything in my two years over there too. Okay. Stupidity. Yep. You know, two years of filming on my video camera that I took with me. Yep. It's gone. Yep. You know, stupid, just being a dickhead. And he came out and said, I don't want you to leave because you're just being a dick. Okay. And I was just like, really? I said, I can't. He goes, you have to leave. And I went out to the driveway and I was thinking, holy shit. My mate hugged me. He goes, you're probably not going to come back, are you? Like, and he said, man, you're just off the show. And I was yep. like, fuck. I said, how am I going to drive home, man? It's 50Ks back. You know, it's like from Denport to Burnie, but back mm. roads. Yeah. Like roads like Ralton, Latrobe to Ralton roads. I'm like, yeah. I didn't, like, I haven't slept for three days, man. Like four days. On. He's like, he was crying. I was like, fuck. So I was like, holy shit. All right. So I started driving, thinking, oh, man, if I get pulled over... You're in a lot of strife. I'm in a lot of trouble. Yeah. But I thought, oh, well, just it's, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, back roads, no one's going to find me. Mm. And I was just driving off my head, drinking, and all of a sudden I come into this bend that said 45, sweet bend, look down to 170, straight through the corner. Yep. But over there, there's no fences. Yep. It's just open paddocks and trees and shit, and I spun probably two or three times in the car, mm-hmm. dewy grass, locked them up rang dad yeah told him everything yeah he started crying he didn't know what the fuck was going on he's like are you serious i'm like i'm fucking no good like yeah so it took something like that for the penny to drop yep and it sort of and it sort of sobered me up a little bit like it's like maybe come to i'm like holy shit 22 years old Mm. what am i doing could have been all over yeah what am i doing like and then he goes you need to drive home and go back to bed like what are you doing he goes I'm, you're coming home after your operation I'm going to book a flight today and you're driving yep. back and you're paying for it I yep. said yep righto yep and um, so what did I do though it was about I sat there talking to him for a while it was about 8.30 I drove back into Millicent and it was like 5 to 9 I'm like oh Woolworths open bottle shop so I went straight to bottle shop didn't I yep didn't go home got on her again went to the bottle shop bought two cartons of UDLs yep Sunday session just on your own? Uh, boy, I was, I was staying with a mate. Before that, I had a girlfriend at the time, but sort of fell through and I was sleeping at the... Um, it was like a swimming lake there. And I slept there for two nights. Yeah. Because I had nowhere to go. Okay. So you're basically sleeping rough. Yeah, I was for a couple of nights. And yeah, then I right. moved in with a mate. And um, got him and then we drank all day and then I decided I was playing local roster soccer. So I played that that night and that's when I broke my foot again. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, and then... The Monday at work was that sick, like the sickest, like because you know four days. Yeah, coming down off it. No eating. Yeah, spewing up at work, crying like I was just no good at all. And then I just went back to my mates and slept for like, and then went back to work. And then I went down to Adelaide on the Wednesday, had my operation. Dad got there on the Friday, and we left on the Saturday morning. Yeah, and we drove back to, yeah drove back on the Sunday morning to or the Saturday morning and we got back you know you come on the Friday night so we drove back and we got back into Melbourne I'd come back home yep and yeah had a reconstructed shoulder yep so what year was that would you say uh end of 2006 okay yeah and from that time that I got home I've only ever had one ecstasy tablet in full yep had a half once there and a half at a party a couple of years later yep with a mate that never had one before Yep. So, you know, he said, you know, you did it when you was over there, and I said, I'll do it with you. Yeah. 
and I did it with him. That's it. Yeah. So I just hadn't touched any of that sort of shit since. Yeah. So from someone who's never actually taken that sort of stuff before in my life, what does it actually do to you? How do you feel when you're on that sort of gear? Um, unstoppable. Yeah. Absolutely unstoppable. It's just, uh, and me, I've got a very addictive personality. Yeah. That's it's a why, common theme amongst yeah, drug that's, users. That's yeah. why I've never, ever touched ice. Yep. I'd never touch anything heavy because I just knew if I'd ever done anything like that, I'd just, I don't know if I would, but I just don't want to, nah. Yep. I was like, nah, I'm not going to go into that sort of stuff. Like, yep. So, nah, and I just fly, that's why I don't like, hate drugs now. Yep. Hate them. Yep. Got nothing against anyone that does stuff like that. You want to do whatever you want to do, yep. do it. I can't knock you. Yep. How I've chose to look now and do what I do, I don't judge anyone, but it's just not for me anymore. Yeah. But yeah, it's just one of them things. It's just the first time I remember having it, it's just the most amazing feeling. Like, you know, the little guy from Tassie, and I was never had one, I had a half, and we're in a hot shed. Like, we aren't, we're in a shed like this now, it was real warm, and then walked outside, it was cold, and it just hit you. Yeah. Hair stand up in the back of your neck, and <laughs> pupils just go boom, and you're just like, yeah, holy shit. Yep. This is the most amazing feeling I've ever had. Yeah. But it doesn't make you angry or anything like that, it just makes you happy. They Bulletproof. Call it, they call it the love drug. Yeah. You can see why so many people get hooked on it then, yeah, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So from there, so you came came back to Tassie. So where did, obviously I followed you through your footy career. So where did you go to from there? Was it back to Latrobe back again? Back to Latrobe. They got me back home. Yep. Helped freight all my stuff back over. Yep. Dirt bike and all that. They, I said I'll come back and play because I was always coming back to play at Latrobe. Love Latrobe. So yep. yeah, come back and I had never had me five weeks of me sling, but I'd done all the right things. Didn't touch any alcohol. Yep. It was real hard the first two or three weeks because I was so warped out from what I'd done over there. Yep. But then I started catching up with Dion with your brother and hanging out and, you know, getting back into the Latrobe community, just hanging out and yep. that. And then once my sling was off, she was on, I was back into football. Yep. And I was just football, 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 football. So you found that the club sort of helped you with your struggles as well? Like they are a very welcoming sort yeah, of environment there. Nah. One, one thing that I found about Latrobe Footy Club is a lot of people that go there tend to stay there, particularly if they've come from other areas or other clubs yeah, and things like good, that. They fall in love with the good place. family club. Yep. Always has been a good club. Did many people there know about the last 12 months of your life when before you nah. came came back? Nah, no one at all. No one? Never got no way. We yep. didn't speak of it. Not even any of the guys that went over there with you? Oh, nah, because they yep. weren't there because they come back. They all come back and I stayed another year of my life. Oh, okay, yep. That was probably my downfall. Yep. I wanted to stay for another year. Yep. Because I, I was single over there too. Like, I didn't have miss her and I just stayed. Yep. I just yep. stayed again because I just thought, nah, I like it over here. Yep. Okay. So, how did how did that sort of affect your your footy at the time? Did you were you playing good footy or were you? Oh, I was playing part mid par footy. Yep. I wouldn't say I was playing good, but then some games I was like. Because you always had pace. That was the thing that yeah. sort of stood out about you. You'd sort of grab the ball and tuck it under your arm, and and that was it. No one could catch it. Yeah. Some games over there would absolutely tear it. Like I kicked 60, 50 or sixty goals. Fifty, I think they're that second year I played there because I played in the midfield and then went to full forward to rest. Yep. So I kicked goals when I went forward. Yep. Because of my pace and that. But yeah, like they hadn't, uh, Millison hadn't beaten South Gambia in like years and 20, 30 years and we knocked them off at South Gambia. I think I kicked five and had about 45 kicks from the guts. So yep. I just had a day out. Yep. And yep. then the next time we played South, I didn't get a kick because they tagged me with two guys. Okay. You know, and that's just how it was. Rotated but, them through, yeah. yeah. But that's, but we got them, we knocked them over the first time ever. So I was part of that. It was pretty cool. Yep. Just to see the faces on the guys that played at that team for so long that have never beaten South Gambia because yep. they like they were the juggernaut. Yeah. Flags after flags, you know. Big celebration then. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. It was a pretty big party. It was like they won the flag, <laughs> so it was pretty good. Yeah. So with your your time at Latrobe, so you won premierships at Latrobe, didn't you? Yeah, I only won the one. Yep. Twenty thirteen. Yep. Missed out on twenty ten because yep. I was playing state league at Devonport. That's right. Yep. Mm. So you went. So you went. Came back to Latrobe, and then your next move was to Devonport. Is that right? Uh, no, I did year at Wesley Vale. That's right. Yep. Just had a few. I'm not going to mention names, but I had a few indifferences with a few people at the end of 08. Yep. And I just sort of theory next year I'm just not going to be. Here. Okay. Clubs bigger than individual. Yep. I wasn't actually even going to play. I was like, bugger it. Just wanted to play, and then their fresh Dan said, you know. Come and have a kick Coming out of the country. Off me and Dutchie. Yep. Come and have some fun. Yep. Give you a little bit of coin. Not East, but East. I said, oh, I said, I don't care about that, but you're right, eh? Yep. And was lucky enough, won a premiership. Yep. Got a taste for it. Yeah. Yep. Like, got a flag out there with them. It was wicked, you know? And yep. we still sit back. I still sit back and I've got that DVD and I watch it because it's just, 
we were forty odd points down in the second quarter, and we came back and won. Yep. So who did you beat? Uh, Martin Preston. Okay. They yep. slapped us up. Always by been strong. And they slapped us up by seventy points in the second semi. Yep. Like they bathed us. Absolutely licked us. Yep. So to come out in the grand final, and then they were licking us, and all of a sudden we went in a goal up at half time. Yep. And then to get the premiership was like. Was that the first that they went back to back? Was it the first or the second? The second one. Second one. Yep. So you didn't play in the first one. No, you the I was on the tribe. Yep. Dan said to come out the first year, but I was like, nah, I'll yep. start the tribe. But I wish I'd have went now. But yep, it is what it is. And yeah, and then I, after that, I, dad, dad just said to me, you know, you, you blew your cricket away. You know, well, I won a cricket prim- A grade premiership at, at Sheffield on turf. Yep. That's year before that as well. So, you know, won a cricket flag, then won a football flag. And then I went and coached Gawler and Krieger should have stayed at Sheffield with one another flag. Yep. That was me. I'm a dickhead. Just stupid, mate. 24, like 23, 24, just never listened. Yep. And Dad's just always, you know, always had the right advice. Yeah. I wouldn't listen. So you're saying was it, it was your dad that sort of talked into trying out statewide? Like, yeah. He right? just, yeah, Dad yep. said to me, you know, he said, you know, you dicked around with your cricket. Go and have a crack at the highest level. Yep. You get to play on TV. There's TV games. Because your dad, he was a state footballer himself, yeah, is that right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't know know that. I'd sort of done a bit of research yeah, on you as well. he played a few games, but... and he's a life member at Longford, life member at Sheffield. Yep. So he had a pretty good career. He played over at Claremont in the Waffle. Yep. So no, he's played some good footy. So obviously that's where you and your brother get the ability from. Yeah, we got dragged at football before we could walk. Yep. So it was just in the blood and cricket. Yep. That's what we did. But yeah, and I went and played state league and... Had a pretty good year. And you made the yeah. grand final. Yeah, yep. I had a pretty good game. I kicked three or four goals in the space of two minutes. You know, I like had a purple patch and we got rolled though. We had the wind in the last quarter and we just, they were a good team, Clarence. Yep. They were like, they were kicking them. They think they kicked seven goals in the last quarter and we just didn't have the legs. We yep. come from the first semi. Because you're quite a young side too, is that right? Yeah, we yep. were. But that, that group of guys we played with that year, that was awesome. Yep. I don't think we got back to like midnight on the bus. So yep. it was, a, you know, always remember Sammy Wish Wilson. Oh, he's up in Queensland now. He's doing pretty good things up there with Bond University. Yep. Like he's just become a life member. Yep. Shout out to Sammy Wish. He's a legend. Yep. Um, He'll be listening. He's a great guy. Yep. Like, um, got a lot of time for Sammy and he pretty, I always remember after we'd lost, you know, everyone was all sad, you know, and he just pulled out this bottle of uh, Southern Comfort or Bacardi or something out, of the, out of, like a litre of it. And he just pretty much said, listen up, like what's done is done. Stop being silks like let's sell it right. We had a good year. Yep. We made a state grand final. We nearly won the whole lot. Yep. Now let's everyone have a swig of this and let's just have a good night. Yep. And then it just went bang. Everyone just had a. And yeah, in the Sunday the club was just a pearl. Yep. But in that though, I also said to Dad, it cost me that first flag at the Trobe in the you know their twenty ten flag. You know. Yep. I wish I'd have played in that one. Yep. So you were back to La Trobe the next year. No, I um, I took on an assistant coaching role at East Devonport. Okay. Didn't yep. listen to Dad again. Where did he tell you to go? Back to Latrobe. Yep. And, um, you know, like I wanted to be an assistant coach and go and do that. And that wicked club had a great year. Just, yeah, we just didn't have the manpower. Yep. So we copped a few, a few touch-ups and that. And we got heaps of injuries and end of the year there. I think we lost by 190 points in the last game here against Wingard. It was Shit. just like... That's I'd, a long day. Yeah, and I'd never lost a game in my life by 100 points. I think we lost like eight that year. Yep. So I felt for them guys because I thought you guys, you know, have suffered that a lot over the years. And yep. I thought, no, nah, and then I thought, no, nah, and then I just said to Dad, just going to go back to Latrobe. Walked into the office with Dad and had a meet, and they said, what do you want? I said, nothing. Yep. Just matches. Yep. Whatever you get to win or loss here, that's it. Yep. Give, me a, t- to come give, back. give me a T-shirt and I'll play. Yep. And yeah, we made the grand final that year, and... um. I think we kicked friggin' two goals, nine or ten in the last quarter and lost by a couple of kicks to win you. Yeah, right. Kicked eh? ourselves out of it. Yep. And they were a strong side at the time, they though, good, weren't they? They had a good side. We knocked yeah. them off a few times that year. Yeah. Like, they knocked us off once at Wynyard and we knocked them off a few times. But they were just a, we just had an epic contest every time we played them. Yep. So I think that night after we lost there, we all agreed on the beers. Because the reserves, they won the, the resi's flag. So on the Sunday... Everyone pretty much just said, stop sulking about the seniors that celebrate. We've won a flag. Mm-hmm. So we had a wicked Sunday. Yep. I think that's when we got the life ban from Mackey's because <laughs> blokes are trying to, I think I remember I tried to jump about four barrels on a mountain bike, Steve-O's mountain bike, and put put it straight through the tote wall. Yeah. Jiffy was walking around naked. Doesn't sound like Jiffy. Mm, sitting on fire logs and uh, <laughs> just one of them days, but we all pretty much made a pack that we're all going to come back. They know they have a good time, but yeah, it was it was one of those things though at that time. They they still had a good time, but they also had like the nucleus of a really good team too. Yeah, so there was exactly. obviously something there that 
We can get them yeah. across the line. Well, we always used to make a pack in the finals there. People would start staff the piss, yep. stay out of the pubs yep. and work hard, you know, because we knew we were in the purple patch. And yep. then the next year, we didn't lose a game in 2013. And we, yeah, well, I think we were 40 points down, 46 points down at quarter time. Yep. But we were kicking with a massive breeze. Yep. Like, I think I kicked a goal from like 65, yep. two steps, and it landed over the back of the bike track. Yep. Like, the wind. Didn't have that in you on a normal day? No, nah, hamstring would have snapped off the bone. <laughs> you know, I was 28 or 29, you know. like I, yep. still, I used to be able to kick a big ball, but as you're getting older, the hamstring seemed to shorten up a bit. Yeah. So I know I was playing off half-back too, so yep. to get down and kick one there, like, and we come back and we won that, and that was pretty good. Yep. But I think after that year there, that was it. I lost the drive. Okay. Because I always... Did you just, play on another year, or was that... I went to Sheffield. That's right, yep. yep. Dad, so you finished up out there. I, no, and then I went back to East. Okay. Just yep. with Ned. Like, I finished... I went up to Sheffield for one year for dad because he was a life member yep and it was alright but then after that yeah Ned was coaching the East and Ned's like come play with me yep and I was actually having one of the, having a real good year and then I rolled my ankle missed eight weeks yep might as well just broken it yep. I'd done ligaments in it come back lost all my fitness was running around against the Olsen, I remember and I was like holy shit I feel like I'm 60 years old you like, blowing like, a bit yep I've got nothing because <laughs> I couldn't run for that time I rode the spin bike, but that wasn't like running. Yeah. Like it's not the same. Yeah, you can't put any you know, weight could, through it. No, you could run 100Ks, uh, ride 100Ks every day, but if you go for a 10K run, I bet you, you know, you're going to die the next day. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and then I come back, we were playing Bernie. Dad come and watch me, he was excited. You know, he's like, you know, you'll be right. And I hurt my, my hand. I was like, oh, that's not good. And I couldn't play at the game. Still sore a week, two weeks later. I missed when I got actually had a broken hand. Yep. I said to my ex-wife, to Rosie, I said, I made a deal with her. And I've always been a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. And I made a deal. I said, if I get one more bad injury, I'll retire. Yep. And I broke my hand. Yep. And that was it. Yep. Done. As fate would have it. Well, I just said, yep, that's it. Like, yep. it's done. And I actually don't miss footy. Like, it's like I've had seven operations from it. Yep. I've still, I've got to have my hip replaced, but I'm fighting that one. Like, it's a year-to-year thing. And, yep. you know, I don't take any regrets from footy, though. Yep. You know, I've had my operations. I've had my foot fixed now, and I'm going good. So. Yep. And so what age did you finish up? I would have been, Jesus, 2015. Yep. So 31. Yep. Which is young in football terms these yeah, days. Yeah, I wanted, play longer I longer, wanted to I? play to 35. Yep. That was the, the goal, to play to 35. Yep. Well, some blokes, you can still be kicking along out in the country to your 45. Mm. <laughs> still getting a kick, can't you? Yeah, so I was like, nah. Yep. Nah, I um, don't regret it. I think, yeah, I, f- I think I fell... 15 games short of the NW through 200 games. Yep. I played over 280, 90 games with the other leagues I'd played in, but just at that, so... Yep. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have the Premiership medal yep. in 200 games. Got so. a lot of good memories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you touched on family there before. So you're father of two, is that right? Two yeah, kids? Yep. yep, yep. Emerson and Aaron. Yep, and, and following you on your social, like they're obviously your world now. Yeah, um, no, they are, mate. They are my number one yep. aspect on life is uh, everything's about them, so... Yep. Yep. Well, it ha- has been, but yeah, like 2021, like I said, I put so much time after my marriage breakdown, like 2020 was just all about doing stuff with the kids and yep. focusing on the house. And then I said to dad, I'm going to make 2021, it's going to be about the kids, but also about me. Yep. I need to do something for me. Yep. Yeah. So you'd had a rough sort of few years leading up to that. Is that right? Like you um, mentally or? I think, yeah, I think... Um, there's always been something bad there, mental, but I just thought it was just how a male was meant to feel, you yep. know. And just, yeah, lost my mother at 15. Yep. I think, you know, I said to Dad, like, I didn't probably handle it. Like, you know, I went home one night, that night, cried. I was back at school the next day. Okay. Yeah, yep. pushed it under the rug. Yep. You know? Didn't really give yourself time to grieve and that no, sort of No, at that age, you don't really know how to accept it. And then um, Nan died when I was 18, 19, you know. Yep. She pretty much gave up after Mum passed away. Okay. Because she was just up. Mum was at Tandara, and she was about a two-minute walk in Dyer Court from her. Yep. And that was it, you know. Mum had gone, and then Nan deteriorated, and she was gone, and she was like my best friend. I'd go stay there. Yep. And I was 19, so I didn't... and I didn't. I was 18, I think it was. You know, I didn't accept that too well. You know, I just pushed her under the carpet like I always did. Yep. Push, push my problems away. Yep. And you felt like that sort of is one of the reasons why it sort of affected you, your mental health sort of through, I think through the journey? So, I think so, yeah, because I sort of just... I think, yeah, it just brought a lot of anger out over small stuff, like just stupid stuff. Yeah. You know. So what you, sort of stuff? Like, what did it set you off? You couldn't put a... You couldn't put a uh, fantastic furniture set together with me, mate. 
<laughs> just little. That dis- might be a bloke thing. You should just, ask, ask my I'd, wife. I'd, last I'd, time we yeah. tried to put something together, I and know, he threw just, it off the deck. But just little things. Yep. Shouldn't upset anybody, but yeah. I get real angry. It's just like the stupidest little thing ever. Like it's yep. not even a big deal, and I get real. And yeah, so it's just weird. So you know, and I was just sick of feeling like it, and just and alcohol. You know, I had some pretty dark days in 2020. You know, no one really knows about. And even my neighbour said to me, he's like, your curtains were shut for months. You're yep. back, like we hardly seen you. Yeah. Because all I did was went to work. Had the kids when I had them, and then when I wasn't, I was just sitting at home. Yep. Doing weights, playing my drums. Yep. Play drums, and that's an outlet for me, and that was it. it wasn't going anywhere. Yep. I wasn't talking to anybody. So at the time, were you sort of doing that as a way of um, trying to be productive and try and work through... Yeah. Your issues, but now you sort of look back at it might not have been helping at the time. Do you no, think? it's a massive sign of my depression. Right. When I went and seen someone, they're like, you know, when I finally ballsed up and dad, I said to dad, I'm going to go and go get some real help. Like I'd been to counselling over the years for a bit of anger. Yep. You know, and it worked for a bit, but then, you know, but then I just went, nah, it's just something more to it. So I thought, I'm just going to go and do the test. And I'd done the test and done all this, and yeah, and he just said to you, like, you're massively depressed. Okay. And I'm like, no, I'm not. He's you like, had no idea? No, nah. he's like, I'm like, you go, I said, no, I'm not, like, really. He goes, mate, read this, like, you've answered these honestly. And, like, one of them was, what, can you not sit down when you get home? And well, I knew when I get home, I don't sit down, I'm just clean, clean, do weights, get my gym out, do that, Joe Drummond, take yep. dog for a walk, go ride the spin bike at 7.30, have tea, have a shower, then I go to bed. Yep. haven't really relaxed at all. I've just been going, I've been up at five, gone to work, Yep. doing that all the time. Yep. Something's got to give. Cam's going to, you know, burn yeah. the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd find myself, yeah, and then I'd go drink. And, like, I'm happy to talk about it, because I, I remember, like, when I drank, it was when I, was when I went and drank with Dion, actually, one night there, and I drank a couple of bottles of wine and beers, and, you know, up and about, had a good time, and... Got back to Dad's, I was staying in the trove and I was going to drive home. Dad's like, no, you're not. I was like, I'm fucking, he goes, no, you're not. So Dad's like, no, and I slept in my clothes, I was just a mess, emotional. Mm. Like, I'm like, why has this fucking happened to me? Like, this is probably back June, you know. It's probably six, seven months after marriage, you know, broken down. And I'm like, he's like, you know, you're not the first person. I had a bit of a, you know. I went to bed, slept in my clothes, waiting this day, and I remember I was, um, I was mowing the lawns and I just fucking broke down. Like, just mowing the lawns and I sat down and started crying on the lawn. Yep. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yep. And I was that depressed and I was suicidal. I was fucked. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, mm-hmm. why do I want to I want to fucking hang myself? Yep. I rang Dad up and crying. He's like, what, you know. Yep. I told him, I fucking don't want to be here, mate. He said, this is wrong. And it was all from alcohol. Yep. Because, it, it, like, I was talking to the doc. He said, like, you're there. You're at a midsection all the time, you know, how we are now. We're here. Mm-hmm. You drink, it takes you up. Yeah, yep. But then all of a sudden, them endorphins, they drop. Yeah. And you come back down. But every time you drink and have that big session where your normal level is, you drop a little bit further. Yeah, okay. And you just keep dropping and dropping. Yeah. And I was just dropping and dropping and dropping yep. and dropping. Yeah. And um, so I got to Christmas time and I had a massive session. I hadn't drank for ages. A bit of a binge drinker. I just don't know when to... You know, and instead of having six, I'll just drink, drink, yep. drink, drink, drink. Just drink, keep drink. throwing them yeah. back. Yep. I did that at the work doing. I was that crook. Didn't show it though. I was pretty crook over Christmas, but I did not show it. But in my mental state, in my head, I was so sad and so crook. And I said, after one, I had a beer with you on New Year's Eve there. I down there. I said, Dan, I'm not drinking. Yep. And yeah, it's been 83 days today that I've been sober. Yep. And how do you feel for it? Like, the how does your body I've, feel? The best I've ever felt in my life. Yep. I'm mentally happier. I'm sleeping better. Yep. I'm nicer. Um. Yeah. And since I like went to the doctor, and like, and I'm not ashamed to say like I'm on some medication now, mm-hmm. and it's changed my life. Yep. I wish I had went years ago. Yep. You know, you can't look back on stuff. You know, saying oh I might have saved my marriage. You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, Mike's wife. She's a great mother. She's got a new partner. He's mm-hmm. a good guy. Kids yep. love him. They, you know, they're going awesome. She's happy. We get on well. Yep. You know, I'm happier. Yep. And it's just wicked. So I'm happy on my own. I'm trying to find me. I'll meet that one eventually. Yep. You know, but like, it's just amazing that just a little thing that I've done has just changed. Do you imagine that you stay off alcohol for the rest of your life then? Uh, or? I don't think I will because I'm not one of them people where, oh, if I go drink, I'm going to go off the rails. Yep. I've never been one to go off the rails. It's just more the fact if, if I was with someone, I could have drinks because I'd have 
her, you know, if we were together the next day, you know, if we went away drinking together, but we were together the next day, I'd be fine because I'm with someone. Yeah. It's more if I go and have a session on my own. Yeah. And they yeah. say that that is the danger sign if you're drinking on your own. Yeah, and yeah. like the next day you're on your own, you're, you know, you're the only person that spends 24-7 with your brain. Mm. And people don't know. You know, I've got that over the years all the time. And people say, you'll be right, you'll be right. Mm. And the amount of times the man's like, you got no idea how I fucking feel. Mm. How I feel. Yep. But I even felt like that back when I was 22, 23 drinking. Like the stupid thoughts of not, but, you know, it's just, yeah, yep. it's just a bit of depression. Yeah. At nah. the time though, you probably thought, no, just toughen up and yeah, just push yeah, through it. Yeah, exactly, man. Yep. I just hate the fact that people talk shit about it. Yep. Do you think it is slowly changing though? It, ha- like the it has about to. Mental health? It has to. How many fucking guys have to die? Yeah. How many of my mates, I know my mates like, have like, I've got a few mates that have killed themselves. Fucking nicest guys ever and they're dead. They've left wives and kids behind. Yeah. It's all because I was fucking too scared to talk about it. Yeah. So again, sort of talking about your kids. So do they sort of help you get through things as well? Like, have they been a big factor in uh, yeah, you know, your happiness? Have, but or? I knew, I knew that I couldn't just use my kids to make me happy. Yep. I had to make myself happy. Yep. You're no good to them if you're not happy exactly. yourself. Exactly. You know, yep. they make me happy. Yep. And everyone's like, I knew, like, they they make me the happiest. I'm the best dad. Yep. Like that's the thing I'll say. Like, I've fucked up a lot of stuff in my life. Like, yep. I have fucked up a lot of shit. Not bad, but you know, just done stupid shit. Yep. Over my times you know clown on the foot just being a dick you know just being funny being stupid but i'm like i'm not gonna fuck up being a dad yeah being a dad is the best thing i've ever done yeah these kids they are they are the coolest shit i've ever done with my life and they give me a reason to want to be a better person yeah it's probably the most important job i think any human can have is being a parent yeah because i don't want to fuck up being a dad because i couldn't go i couldn't go if not seeing my kids because they are the coolest thing i've ever done and i want to give them everything i can give and you know just had them tonight, dropping back to their mother tonight. Yep. And that had tea, talking to gymnastics and that, had our hangout and that. Yep. Yep. Played a bit of slime with my daughter and that while the young fella was <laughs> on his iPad, you know. Doesn't take much, does it? Just a typical just a typical Tuesday night with the kids. And yep. yeah, no. But no, you are right, like they do make me happy, but I knew myself I have to find my inner happiness. Yep. And dad said to me a couple months ago, he goes, You're glowing again. Good. And he said, yep. like, we haven't seen your teeth when you smiled for years. Yep. You do that fake smile, and now you just... <laughs> the wedding smile. Yeah, and now he said, now you just smile all the time. Yeah, yeah. Even my tattoo was seven, you walk in, man, you're just fucking grinning. Yep. Like a chest of your cat. But that's more the fact that like, I got my motorbike license at the start of this year. Yep. Went and got a brand new motorbike, and I got my L's. Yep. Don't like yellow L plate, but love the fact, you know, I didn't have my kids on the weekend, and I was on the bike Friday afternoon, Saturday all day, and Sunday most yep. of the day. Yep. Riding. Got that freedom. That is my, and that is so good for my mental health. Yep on the bike it's Excellent. the coolest thing I've ever done I'm going to get a Harley eventually yep but wait until I get off the L's but that's one of the coolest things I've ever done man yep Just I should have done it sooner but you know it's my it's my life now I can do what I like and yeah that's right live life how I want to live life yep Excellent. Yeah. So you touched on the tattoos there before so that was the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about so you've got the most tattoos of anyone I've seen around here like obviously you know there's a lot of famous people that are covered in them where did it start with the tattoos how did that come about um, I reckon growing up in Sheffield, I used to see the few of the guys come in, they just had the upper bicep tattoo. Yep. You know, American Indian, like, that's so cool. And yep. I used to have the fake tattoos on my arms. Yeah. Like, dad would go off because they'd come in with the lines, they'd take four or five. Out of the bubblegum packet? Nah, the proper one, you go get them at the chemist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, life size ones, you put them on, you'd heat them on, they'd take about a week to come off. Yep. And they were massive, big skull. <laughs> yeah. Got a taste so, for it. So, yeah, early. so I had a thing for American Indian. So, I think I got, I got my first one when I was 17. And I said I was 18. Yep. Tattooist. And I got this big American Indian chief on the yep. bottom of my back, cool as hell. Yep. And I thought, after I got the outline, I said, I'm never getting another tattoo. Yep. And yeah, like I um, got was that, that. Sorry, was that just the pain of it? The, oh, fuck, you stopped it, it? Hurt, fuck it hurt. Yeah, yeah, I was 17. I was like this. But then I got a shade. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah. And then. um went back and then I had a few on my back and then I moved away so I didn't really get anything on the way and then I come back and you know love I think music has always been the biggest my biggest therapy yep music is life so I get up every morning turn my TV on in the lounge room YouTube straight on my list on YouTube comes up yep just heavy cool whatever music comes on I don't care just mm-hmm. put it on music before work start yep. your day good happy yeah yep. and just when I'm home today rained out went home yep. put YouTube on done some jobs around the house music Yep. I do stuff outside music in the ears it's just music music and just influences like Good Charlotte and 
you know, Blink to Travis Barker, you know, all these yep. bands, like, oh, I've been playing drums for 10 years now, like, I've yep. got a drum kit as soon as I've got a house, drum all the time, love drumming, you know, yep. and just tattoos and music, and it's just like, hell yeah, and I, was, and I started getting, you know, I got my upper body done, and then I got one on my neck, I'm like, oh, and then I got my hands done, and my fingers, and then I've done a leg, and another leg, and then I'm like, ah, oh. and then I'm like, and then now I'm divorced now, like, pretty much divorced now, so I'm like, Fuck it. So I did my throat last year. And yep. I've done the back of my head. and yep. Did that hurt? Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. yeah. I've heard that it's pretty painful. It wasn't a fun time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had to shave your head to get it done? Yeah. Yep. I've got to go. I'm actually getting my sides of my face tattooed this Friday. and You've been covered in them. And the sides of my head done. And I'm finishing my left foot yep. all in one day. So yep. committing to just some stuff down. Just my kids' initials down my sideburns. Yep. So that's going to get done this Friday. Yep. So it's just, yeah. It's just, so you're not going to cover your face up? No, no, no. So they won't nah. recognise you? <laughs> no, nah, it's just going to be down the side. It's just yeah. the initials real cool. And I'm yep. getting a flamingo for my daughter on the left side and a shark for Emerson. Oh, it's yeah. Just something cool, you know, yep. for them. But, yeah, you know, I'm at that stage now where I don't really, like, if people, like, judge it and that, don't look at me. If you don't like it, don't fucking talk to me. Yep. Like, I'm me. I'm a decent guy. Yep. Don't look at me like I'm straight out of one little thug or I'm from prison. Like, nah, it's it's 2021 now. Yeah. Tattoos aren't just for fucking... Pirates. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or <man>. bikies. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's just it's just a stupid... Yeah. They're so much more common now, aren't they? Oh, exactly. But, like, blokes like Dane Swan and the AFL players, they've made it so mainstream. Yeah. These blokes are like, oh, tattoos are shit, you know, they shouldn't have them. And then all of a sudden, this bloke, Dane Swan's running around, he's winning brown loads and he's covered. Every, head and to then toe. everyone's got them. And now they've all got them. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, he's got tattoos. Yep. And now, yeah, it's pretty mainstream now. Yep. But like, I've been getting tattooed for, what, 13 years heavily now to do a bodysuit. Yep. I figured I just got to that stage where it's just like, I don't like skin anymore. Yep. Like, I just look at a bear like that. So I was never going to do my feet. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm going to do my feet, man. It looks like I've got white socks on. <laughs> So I'm doing my feet, and then we're going to do my toes. Yeah. Ends of my toes, and we're going to do my Achilles. Pretty much going to do the whole bodysuit. Yep. And just, I've got two little gaps on the inside of my legs. I'm going to let the kids pick whatever they want to get tattooed in there. Yep. And so what do the kids think of them? I was going to ask you that. They don't judge it at all. Yep. They don't care. Yep. They're, I'm dad. Yeah. They've I'm, grown up with it. I'm dad to them. Yep. Carolyn just calls me pretty colourful. Yep. And that's it. Like, I've got a couple of big tattoos for them, and they, I'm getting their initials on my face. Yep. You know, like. That just shows how much I care about them kids, you know. Do they have a favourite tattoo of yours? Uh, have you ever asked them? Not really. No? Nah. They like me. I've got a Homer Simpson one. Yep. Under my armpit. And they, <laughs> lo- they like him. Yeah. They think he's funny. <laughs> I did let them watch the Simpsons movie a few months ago. Yeah. And they, you know, thought, oh, and they loved, they loved it. They actually thought it was cool as. So. Yeah. So, no, I haven't really, uh, yeah. It's funny because a lot of kids are more fascinated now than what they were. They're not so scary. Yep. But it's amazing, like, I give that mentality where, you know, I'm six foot three, two to three, like, and I'm tattooed head to toe, and people look at you like, oh, this guy's scary. Yeah. And I talk, and they're like, okay. Yeah. He's not that bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. People always ask me when I'm going to stop, and I probably won't stop, because with coloured tattoos, you know, you do have to get coloured done every now and then, and yeah, and redone and stuff like that, but yep. it's just something that I'm into. I like yep. my tattoos, and... You know, yeah. If, if, yeah. So, um, what would you say is your favourite one? Uh, it'd have to be the ones for my mum and my kids. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. So, what did you get for your mum? Um, a whole chest. Yep. It's got a massive crown of her initials in it with two swallows. Yep. It says, "Um, my family, my friends, with spiders around it, and with uh, one life under it." So, pretty much, they reckon when you pass swallows, take your soul to the. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, it's just a massive chest piece for yep. mum. I'd seen plenty of swallow tattoos. I didn't realise that that was the, yeah. the case with them. Yeah. Yeah, and some okay. swallows too, like, can mean you can fight. Like, if you get certain spots of swallows and that, like, all oh, tattoos got meaning. Like, Dad's just got Dad on my hand. Yep. And got Cameron's name there and Dad's name there. Yep. It's just always everything. Yeah, pretty much any tattoo that I've got. You can ask me about it and I can tell you what the reason is for it. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I've got um, stay true on my knuckles. Yep. As long as you stay true to yourself yep. and do what's right to you, you know, it shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. And unbroken, at the end of the day, anyone, you know, you're going to have times you're breaking, as long as you stay unbroken mm. and just move forward. You're still here, aren't you? Yeah, well, yep. what, that's exactly right. Yeah, yep. So, um, like, with your tattoos and stuff, so is there any particular ones that um that you've got that you've ever regretted or anything like that or are they all 
Um, they all serve a purpose. You said before there's a story behind all of them, but there's, there's none think, that you ever... Um, if I could go back, like I love my, I got my whole Bax American Indian thing because I just love American Indian chiefs and, you know, yep. just any movies with, you know, Last of Mohicans, that sort of stuff. Yep. Dancing with Wolves, that sort of shit, the buffalo, you know. Yep. I love that stuff. My back's cool. We're going to redo my back again, my tattoos. We're going to redo the whole thing. Okay. Make it like birthday, better background, do it yep. real cool. If I could go back though, I'd love to have a bare back again because that's your biggest canvas. Yeah. So probably go back, I'd do, redo my back again. Yeah. But I, I don't regret any tattoos, but if I could have a space again, it'd be my back. Yeah. To do again. Excellent. So as far as your life's concerned, what would you say is, has been the biggest challenge? Obviously you've had a lot. Um, and, and as I say, that's the purpose of this podcast because a lot of people would know you and a lot of people, you know, have probably spoken to you but wouldn't realise a lot of things about your story. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you've that you've been through? Um, I would have said, like, and I don't need to go into it too much, but as a, as a young, about to be a teenager, it would have been mum's death yep. in 1999. That would have been a little challenge, but probably my biggest challenge in life was uh, um, my getting told that, you know, marriage was over yep that's the that was the biggest challenge of my life yep yeah yep massively yep hard time yeah well you know obviously when, you know when you marry someone you think it's forever yep you're the one gonna live happily ever after 80 90 you know yep and yeah to get home one day and then it's done it's just your world gets turned upside down yep and i know i'm not the only one's gone through it yep i didn't ever ask for pity off anyone nothing like that i just know that for me, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Were there, um, and obviously, you don't have to go into detail, but did you see it coming? Was it something that you, um, you thought was going to happen? Or? No, actually, yeah, and that's the thing. I didn't see it coming. Okay. That was the honest thing. Yeah, I got back in Queensland for Trip and Dad, and the next day it was done, and I didn't really see it. Yep. Yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're in a way, if I look back on it now, we were both awesome, happy parents, good workers, but I think we're not happy married. Yep. And then we'll look back at it now, it's probably the best thing that's happened to both of us to go our ways, you yep. know. And she's found someone that makes her truly happy and that's all I ever wanted for her, so. Yep. And um, you're in a good place now. Yeah, yep. exactly. Like, I'm ready to probably meet someone. Yeah. That right one comes along, but, you know, we'll just keep doing me and the kids and working and yep. everything happens in life for a reason, so. Absolutely. I'm sure um, it'll work itself out eventually. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my biggest hurdle. It's yep. just the... And just going through all the separation stuff, the you know, the house and the bullshit, you know, all that. It's mm. very friggin' straining, you yeah. know. When you think it's about to be done, you get another email, oh, this didn't work, so now we've got to do this again, and you're just like, fuck, come mm. on, man, like... Yep, and you've got to take on all that responsibility yourself, yeah. too. You're not, you know, a team anymore, yeah, you're, you're no, a single person. Yeah, in a house on my own, like, I'm lucky, very grateful I kept my house. Yep. And But it's hard, yep. like, kid-free weekend, but before I could go out and enjoy my motorbike fucking clean for four or five hours because I didn't have the kids that you know I had to do you got to do jobs yeah do your house stuff yeah absolutely yeah so no that was a probably one of the hardest things that's happened in my life was going through that yep Yep. yeah so shout out to all the guys and women you know because it's not just guys that happen to it's women as well Mm. like blokes get home and say it's done or whatnot so yep Yep. you know it's a common story unfortunately yeah you've just got to have people there to talk to you know and your brother like we fucking were very good to each other yeah because we went through a similar sort of thing i was very grateful to be able to bounce off each other yeah yeah you know and i think you know as as you said you know you've come out the other side now you know and you're happy and and your ex-partner's happy as well and i think that flows down to the kids as well as long as mum's happy and dad's happy then the kids are happy yeah at the end of the day you know they're innocent in these things so and they were never ever unhappy Ever, because I knew the guy that she's like with beforehand, so it was easy. He's a good guy. He's good to the kids. Yep. You know, I say good only my seeing that now, yep. so it's wicked, you know. And that gives you peace and of then, mind. Oh yeah, hell yeah, and that's yep. the thing. You yep. know, I've got a good relationship, and that's the thing. Like, it is what it is. And yep. and I had a friend that said to me when it all first happened, he goes, "It'll take you two years to fully nearly get over it." And mm. it's getting up to that stage, and I'm nearly there. I'm like, "Holy crap!" Yep. He was right. That's awesome, it does, mate. It does take that. It takes time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't expect these things to happen straight away and overnight, can you? No. Yeah. No, no exactly. I think we probably know the answer to the next question that I've got for you, but who would you say is the biggest influence in your life? Yeah, that bloke that decided to come over and drag me out of SA. Yeah, <laughs> Whose advice you never took. <laughs> Kerry, yeah, he, um, yeah, he's the biggest influence. He's my hero. What's he up to these days? He's living a retired life. Yep. Golfing. Yep. Him and his uh, partner, Deb, they've just... just uh, Build themselves a new house. Yep. Like 
three hundred metres up the road from the one that they just sold. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't like the neighbourhood then. Yeah, didn't do that in English <laughs> Road. Didn't have yeah. to move far. Yep. But no, he's uh, he drives buses for Mersey Community Care. Yep. A few days volunteers, loves it and yep. loves his golf. Yeah, I actually rode out last Saturday and met him after nine hours and had a sandwich with him, had a bit of a chin wag and yep. said good day and kept going. Uh, if I didn't have my dad man, I'd be I wouldn't be because yep. he's the he's fucking the strongest bloke I know. Special bloke. He just held us, yeah, you know, it's like like Roscoe and that they just hold your family together. Yeah, they do. They're just that special corner. They don't <laughs> they don't even have to say anything. Yeah. They just and most of them don't. They're just there. Yeah. Like yeah. Every time I see Dad now, I fucking give him. I don't shake his hand. I give him a hug. Yeah. Yep. No, he was there for you. I tell him I love you, and yeah, he's yep. always been there for me. Yep. Always. Yeah. He's my. Yeah. He's my biggest influence. He's my hero. Yep. What's um What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given in your life? Probably came through the old man, I'd imagine. Um. Yeah. And I was also I always remember it. Like that's uh, one of the things I've had. A, I've got a very good memory. Which even like I was talking to Jiffy one night and Dion and I was talking about something back in two thousand three and Jiffy's like, How the fuck do you even <laughs> said, Man, I could just my memory I said, But it can also be a burden. Yep. Because some things you've done in your life you you fucking want to forget. Yeah. But my memory's just But then if we did something today you'd ask me about it, but I wouldn't be that good but stuff, yeah. So one of the things my mother said to me before she passed away, she said to me, and like I was talking to her, she was going to get sick, and she said to me, like, and this is before she got sick. And she said, I want to say something. I always remember, she said, I want you to live forever. Yep. I want you to live a long life. So I got a mortal tattooed across my shoulder blades. Yep. It's like, well, immortals live. So I yep. went and got that done. And um, and she wants me to be happy. And um, and Dad's advice, always, Dad always said to me, um, just to back myself in. Yep. Always back yourself at anything. You know, if it's a football contest, if you know, cricket, anything like that or work, just back yourself in your own ability yep. and just go for it. Yep. Like, don't, um, if it feels right, just go for it. Yep. And Dad's always, uh, biggest advice for me was respect elders. Yep. Respect elders and speak to people how you want to be spoken to. Yep. And it's probably taken me to the last two or three years to realise that. Because mm-hmm. it does. Yep. Because you're going to speak down to people, they're not going to speak nice back to you. Yeah. But if exactly. you talk nicely to someone, they're going to talk nicely to you. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to learn that. And I think I wasn't like a lot of people thought I was an arrogant piece of shit in my mid 20s. And I can vouch that I was because I was just football. I was all right at footy. Yeah. I went all right. Yeah. I was quick. I was yep. big. You got my way, I fucking ran through you. Yeah. I'd try. Anyway, yep. you know. And then, you know, that persona, though, is arrogant and bullshit. And people yep. think you're a flog. And I see young blokes like that now and go, fuck, I was like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a tool. <laughs> Might be just a learning curve yeah. for them too to go yeah, through. Yeah, it's like, holy shit. So now it's got to that stage now. It's just like, so glad I was like that to turn out how I am now. Because yeah. Everything just, happens for a reason, doesn't it? Like, yeah. you, you know, you can look back now and you think, well, had I not been like that, you know, maybe I wouldn't have come out the other end or I wouldn't have learned something from Oh, exactly. It, so. And that's the thing too. Like, always being taught to talk, speak to elders. Yep. With respect. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're a year older than you. Or ten to twenty, yeah, your elder, and you've got to respect them, and that's just how it is. They've got something that they can teach you, haven't they? Because they've lived through it a lot of the time, and they've they've probably made their own mistakes too, you know. Oh, I love it, yeah. When the old boys, especially the old tradies, and that start talking about stories from back in the eighties and nineties, yeah. what they used to do, and so I, I love it. I get yeah. right into it. They talk an old bloke from the lighthouse. He's been working there since uh, for a good like that Woodstone group, like well before they were there, but well, since eighty two. Yeah, right. Legend, yep. mate, telling me all these cool stories. Yep. So no, I love yeah. The elder elder generation are pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Especially I love seeing the older tattoo generation. You know, if the older tattoos, you look at it because it's cool. And I yep. always like to talk to guys about their old tattoos. Yeah, yeah. It just tells a story. That'll um, be you. You'll have plenty of stories to tell people when you're an old fella. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, gonna be that pretty funny looking grandpa I reckon <laughs> by the time. Yeah, but I want to get there. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to get old. So. You will, mate. I'm sure. What um what's what piece of advice would you give to other people that it's sort of um obviously everyone's got their own journey and, and 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 none are exactly the same but if somebody was going through similar things to you what bit of advice would you give to them? Uh, don't push people away. Yep. I push people away so much in that time of separation, like the last probably twelve fourteen months. Yep. Like not the last four or five months have been pretty good. Yep. But just I fucking I'll be honest I've got social anxiety. Yep. Like I don't they're just going with heaps of people. Have not been out once of a night time other than Mackie's twice with Dion. Yep. And that was not going out, that's just going to the pub. Going for have, a beer. Yep, but I haven't been anywhere yep. since my separation. Yep. Ever. Everyone's like, Why don't you go? I said, No, I don't like it. Yep. 
not something that, that interests you. Just, I don't know, I just didn't want to do it. It was like, you haven't even been out. I'm like, no, you could have gone out and met a girl. I'm like, haven't been out. Yeah. But yeah, it's just don't push people away and don't don't turn to the drink. Yep. Because it doesn't work. Yeah. I tried it. Fuck me, and I remember sitting up at like four in the morning on my own on it, like kids had gone back to their mum, didn't have them the Saturday night, go to this bottle of buy a carton, oh, that'll last a month. Yeah. Fucking have 18, 19 drink. I'm sitting there at four o'clock in the morning, YouTube on with fucking sad songs on, sitting there <laughs> mummering, fucking looking at the TV. Yeah. And then wake up the next day, miserable like bad shit. shit. Yeah. You know, you know, it only works for so long. Like I was talking about that high and then the low. Yeah. The slow keeps getting lower and lower. Your baseline and lower. keeps dropping and dropping and dropping, doesn't it? You feel it? shit to probably Wednesday. And yep. you start turning and then you do it again on the next week. Yeah. Yeah, up until Wednesday you regret it and you know, the whole I'm never going to drink again and then once Wednesday ticks over it's like, what are we doing this week? Yeah, again? exactly. Yeah. So you just got to, yeah, you just got to take time and just talk to people. Yep. Talk Excellent. to people who want to talk to you though. Yep. Yeah. You that's got to have the right people. Yeah. Because I found out over my separation there's a fucking lot of snakes out there. Okay. Yep. big snakes you tell them something and they report back straight away and that's why I've just cut a lot of people off because I'm just like and I will swear fuck you like I've set a, I set a few people up over the time yep. told them one thing that wasn't even there and then bang all of a sudden got a message about it yep. it's like fuck you you're done yep. you know it's just like that's bullshit man you should be able to trust people that talk to you about stuff so yeah get the right people around yeah, you you've got to get your right to... circle my circle's very small now I've got a couple of mates and yeah one of my best mates is pretty much as heavily as tattooed as me. So we go <laughs> motorbike riding together. Yep. Go for lunch and that. And But I use walk one of my best mates. Yep. Big Mooney. I can um, tell him anything, man. Yep. He's like my best mate and I can tell him anything. And he tells me anything. Yep. And that's, and that's all you need. Just, you know, just one person that you're comfortable opening yep. up and, to. And, bro- and your brother, Damon. Yep. He's always been there. Yep. We can talk and that. But yeah, you just need to find someone to talk to. Yep. Because that's the hardest thing. Yep. And don't be scared to cry. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared to cry. That's this, another big bloke this thing. Fucking bloke shouldn't cry. Bullshit. Yep. There's no law in it. Yeah. Bull your fucking eyes out. The amount of time I've done yeah. that, the, when I found out the reason for why I was left, which was a month or two later, I went through a text message. I fucking cried, mate. I, that's the first time I ever had a day off work, mate, because I went into a state of shock. Yep. And it fucked me. Yep. But I cried, got it out, got yep. it over and done with. It's like a release, isn't it? You just have to. Yeah. It is. I'm not ashamed to, mate. I've always been a pretty emotional person. Yeah. I get a bit emotional all the time with kids don't no, make me that happy yeah. when I see them. Yeah. That's what it's all about, you know, it's and you've not, got to show them that it's okay to show your emotions. Yeah, well, well. I didn't see my kids for five days because it's my free full weekend. Yep. One a month, I get a full one, and yep. when I see my daughter, I knew was crying when I seen her running up the driveway to me. Yeah. Like, hugging me, telling me she missed me, loves me so much, and I was like, yep, this is what life's about, man. Like, <laughs> That's it. Is, it's just the little things, isn't it? It is, the littlest yeah. things ever. Everyone used to think, oh, I need the fastest car. I need this souped up thing. I need this. I need a 100-inch TV. Nah, man. I just need my kids to tell me they love me. Excellent. That's all I need. Good. Mental health, man. Like, I know people will listen to this and they'll laugh about it, but they're the simple-minded fuckwits. Yep. They just think they're upper and better than people and it's just like... Yep. You still be doing the same shit, going to the same job, going home, going to the pub on a Thursday and Friday night, doing the same shit every week. Yep. I want to change my life and do some cool stuff. Yep. Like, I want to ride around Australia on my motorbike now. Like, it's yep. my next thing when the kids get older. Yeah. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm setting goals for myself. Yeah. And like I said, I won't give up drinking forever. But at the moment, I'm working on my mental health and my health and my training and yep. my gym and all that sort of stuff. So Excellent. I just feel too good to be go back down the road. And I figured, like, what, have a glass of wine with someone or a beer, that just wrecks all my hard work. Yeah. That's what's going to set you back, isn't it? Well, then that I'll start at zero zero again, so I don't want to do that. So yeah. I was going to try and do a year, yep, and see how I felt. And if I felt good, I just would just give it up. Yeah, we'll just see. Yep, excellent. Now, well, all the best with it, mate. And obviously, Thanks, the the rain stopped now, but the trains decided to roll through at the exact time when we're talking. So yeah, <laughs> that's the beauty like, of live podcasts. So. And they like to uh, toot that horn fifty <laughs> times. <laughs> they to do. Let you know that they're in the neighbourhood. Yeah, absolutely. There, again. there they go again. So anyway, yeah, the listeners will probably pick up that we're in a shed and the rain was um, coming down on the tin roof and we're close to a train line. But anyway, we are what we are. We're real. So Yeah, don't listen to the podcast in bed because you'll fall asleep with the raindrops on the roof. Yeah, and then get woken up by the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Righto, mate. All the best anyway. Too easy, man. Thanks, Thanks for you. chatting. Thanks, bro. Cheers, mate.
Thanks, Dinger, for coming in and sharing your story, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks for being so open and honest. Thank you to the listener for listening. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. Uh, If you did, make sure that you subscribe and leave a review on all the great listening apps out there, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Leave a review. Let us know if you think it's any good. Let us know if you think it's crap. And let us know what you think we can work on. So we'll certainly endeavour to do that. Um, As I say, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again soon.